Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Now, today we got a very, very interesting show because it's a little bit NFL related, uh, but to me, I think um, it's going to be something that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, as you guys know, the NFL season is underway, um, and there was a pretty big game yesterday, and that game was basically played between the Dallas Cowboys and the New New England England (laughs) Patriots. By the end of that game, the Dallas Cowboys ended up beating the Patriots 38-3. to 38-3. Funny enough, we've seen some pretty weird blowouts this season uh, in the NFL. We saw the first game, uh, the game between the Dolphins. And what's the team? They're, they're not even worth remember, the Broncos, which was unlike anything I have ever seen in my life, where a football team puts up 50, what, 70 points in an NFL game. 70 points and beat the team with a 50 point differential. I've never seen anything like that in my life in the NFL, right? So there's been some some blowouts uh here and there uh, this season. However, after this win, it brought up a subplot apart from the fact of oh, the Dallas Cowboys, what do you know cuz there's always hype around the Cowboys uh every single year. But it brought up a subplot which is the Bill Belichick Tom Brady discussion. Now, as you guys know, Tom Brady was drafted by the New England Patriots. He started his career there. Uh, he wasn't a high draft pick, something that motivated him, like a lot of people who felt like they've been, um, you know, taken for granted. And he goes out and has arguably the greatest career of any NFL player and ends up being one of the most decorated athletes in sports history regardless of the sport regardless of the sport the guy is a seven-time super bowl champion five-time super bowl mvp won three regular season mvps won two offensive player players of the year nfl comeback player of the year he's been on three all first all pro teams three second teams 15 pro bowl teams overall NFL passing touchdown leader five times. NFL passing yards leader four times. NFL pass uh, passer rating leader two times. NFL completion percentage leader in 2007. NFL's 2000s, 2000s all-decade team. NFL 100th and all, 100th anniversary all-time team. An AP male athlete. Of uh, that, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on, right? And in the in the process of doing all of this. Tom Brady has made a lot of fans along the way. And one of his biggest fans and supporters in the media has been Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless believes that the holy grail of athletes are the following people. Muhammad Ali, 
Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Tom Brady. That's it for Skip. He believes from listening to him over time that those guys are the standard when it comes to sports for so many reasons, not just for winning, but for their for their intangibles and everything that comes with them. So knowing that Skip Bayless is a huge Tom Brady supporter, we know that he's always going to come to the defense of Brady, which which ended up being the reason that back in January, him and and former uh, and, and former uh, co-host of Undisputed, who's also a Hall of Fame football player, uh, tight end, and Shannon Sharp, got into one of the messiest arguments over the greatness of Tom Brady, because Shannon had a history of always questioning how much of a role did Tom Brady really play in all of the success that the that the what is it that the New England Patriots were able to experience all of those years because he always felt as if the majority of the credit should have gone to Bill Belichick. So what we want to quickly want to what we quickly want to do is play a little bit of that argument that they had on television a few months ago, and then we're, we're going to continue on the show. Take a listen to that there. Tweak? Yes. Yeah, okay. Skip. Well, Brady had a better game than Tua had. Well, skip, he did. Skip. All I'm, skip, all I'm saying is this. Tom Brady had a problem. You said Tom Brady should have had a problem with Byron after Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich comes up with a game plan. And here's a guy that was mm -hmm. not in the meeting when they came up with it, come in with his red pen scratching out stuff. Yep. Now Tom Brady is not up because most coaches and NFL coaches work between 80 and 100 hours in a five, six-day week. So Tom Brady the night before, he's making tweets when he didn't stay up those 80 to 100 mm -hmm. hours. So shouldn't they have a problem with that? Who, who do you think watches more tape, Tom Brady or all the coaches? All the coaches. Stop it. All the coaches. Skip, I'm not going to let you do it. No, I'm not going to let you I'm do it. I'm going to do I it. I don't care. Because I just I'm did not going to let you be disrespectful to these damn coaches yeah, because you love Tom okay. Brady. Nobody, Tom Brady does no, not watch more co tape no, no than coaches. He in the does history not. Of this league, Ladies and gentlemen, that is a flat no, out that's lie. That's a flat out lie that you're perpetrating. There's Ain't never no been anything because you, you can't stand it that Tom Brady at 45 yeah. is still playing this game at a very high level. Yeah. You see these numbers? These numbers say Tom Brady. Is not playing okay, then I level. need you. No, okay, you're in the Hall of Fame because you're scared to death of him because he's haunted you. Time out. Ladies and gentlemen at home, I would like to announce the fact, if you're new to our show, that this man for six straight years on this show that we have been partners at this debate desk has tried to send Tom Brady home, said he's washed up, his arm is in decline, and he should just go on home. It started the first day of this show in September of 2016, and he has been wrong for six straight years, and he's going to be wrong again. I'm standing by what I say. How, how, how convinced are you Tom Brady to go okay. win the Super Bowl? Okay, I, I picked him to win it. No, no, I'm not no. backing off. Well, put something on it. Well, what do you mean? Put something, I put my pride on it. I put my pride. What I would do Who that. did you pick? You picked the Rams and I, the Chargers, okay? And, and the only difference is, the only difference is, everybody knows the Rams are bad, uh, but they don't want to say Tom okay. Brady is playing just as I, bad I'm as that. I'm off. Skip, they're in the Tampa division. They're in the worst division in football. Good. Are they going to be in the playoffs? Tell so, me out. Skip, I need you to That's sit. your argument. Okay, I that's need your you. argument. What do you mean that's my argument? Your argument is that they're going to be in the playoffs. Is Tom Brady playing bad? Okay. Yes or yes. no? Yes, he played poorly yesterday. What do you mean was, yesterday? Okay, All so, year. But you're giving him 
hundred percent of the blame? You, they well, that, that's just, you, you have no objectivity. It's just straight Brady still, hate. Still. Wait, wait, wait a minute. This is just straight hate by a guy who's jealous that he's still playing at a high level at 45 when you had to stop at 35. Still, that's what you that's do. That's the point. That's what you do. Every time somebody, every time I call something into question, I'm jealous. No. Still, I did well, what I, I did. I never said you were jealous of Baker Mayfield. Still, I did what I did. You make it seem like I was a bum. I'm in the effing Hall of Fame. Okay, I so got three what? Super Bowls. So what? So what? He's way better than you were. I'm better way than you. Better. I got to see what you do. You take personal shots. No, you, for I, don't, I don't take yeah. personal shots. You time started time it. Time out. You would take a personal shot at me. I didn't so, take oh, a personal shot at you. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You would take a personal shot. Put your glasses back on. Can I finish? You're willing to take a personal shot at me to say this man is better than me because I say he's playing bad this year? Well, because you 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 just go ahead. You disrespect him. It's it's just so. It, so it's you, beneath, just, you know what? It's beneath your you dignity. You would disrespect me to no, support him. No, well, I'll, I'll support him over anybody because he's the greatest player who ever have played your it. game, and it's by have far. At it. Have at it. Okay? Take off, I'm bro. going to have at it because I'm going to have at you because what happened yesterday? The Bucks' defense was horrendous yesterday. So you heard the blow up. You heard the blow up. For Skip, uh, it has always been Brady. And Skip has been one of those people that felt like the day Tom Brady leaves, Bill Belichick is going to be exposed. As we as we currently sit here, Bill Belichick has never made it back to a Super Bowl, a, a Super Bowl appearance since Tom Brady left. Since Tom Brady's left Bill Belichick, he went on to win a Super Bowl. We must not forget this. And this current season. The New England Patriots currently have a record of one and three. So this morning, I was watching a little bit of Undisputed, and they were discussing this very issue. And the question was, and the question was brought up, which was simply this: How much blame should we begin to give Bill Belichick for what's going on with the Patriots? And how much credit do we really need to give to Tom Brady? for all of the success that they were able to experience over those years, given the fact that Bill Belichick and these guys are struggling and Brady was actually, uh, Brady actually went on to win a Super Bowl. And when they brought the question to Shannon Sharp, to my surprise, Shannon Sharp publicly admitted that he had been wrong about this debate over who was more responsible for the success of the New England Patriots, whether if it was Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. So what we want to do is want to quickly play what Shannon had to say in terms of his apology, essentially, uh, to Tom Brady. And then we're going to come back and close out the show. Take a listen to that there. All of last year, though the compilation of all of those things is why we have to sit here today and say Bill Belichick has to take a hit. Not because of his coach and his football acumen, but because of his personnel decisions, not just in terms of players he's picked, but coaches he has hired to oversee his personnel. It's left a lot to be desired. You're absolutely right. It deserves to take a hit. And I've been one of those guys that said that Coach Belichick deserved a lot more of the credit than Tom Brady. But I was foolish in my assessment of this. It's becoming more and more apparent to me that Tom Brady was largely the reason why the Patriots won. Because you see, he go to another team and they win. Coach Belichick has struggled to win without Tom Brady. And see what happens is that no matter how great the dynamic is, there's going to be a point in time that I want more credit. And it can't be 50-50. 50-50 is not good enough when you're dealing with two guys that have the massive egos that these two men have. Because remember, guys, the more successful you are, the greater your ego is. So I need to show 
I'm the reason why we're having more the success. No, I'm the reason. So Coach Belichick says, I'm going to go win one without you. Out the door you go. You see, we can't have that argument because we saw Joe win a Super Bowl without Bill Walsh. So we can't say that they were winning because of Walsh because we saw Joe win one without him. Coach Belichick wanted to leave no doubt in anybody's mind that the reason why the Patriot way in everything that falls up under the umbrella, the way we do press conferences, the way we report injuries, and the way we do things are because of me. But what he failed to realize is that he had that general, that 17-star general in Tom Brady that made everything smooth. And he's finding out the hard way it's not as easy as he ever thought it would be. Only thing I disagree with Shannon about is that, you know, when you win and your ego grows. I mean, I've been winning for quite a long time, and I don't have an ego. I mean, I'm, no, no, I'm saying the, the, the more success you have, and I guess what? The so greater it is. <laughs> I don't have an ego. Oh, buddy. So you heard what Shannon had to say. You know, I'm not a huge NFL follower. I'm not a huge, huge, huge NFL follower. I, don't, I do know it, you know, a little bit. Um, you know, from here to, you know, from time to time, I follow some things, but I'm fully aware of this New England Patriots team, fully aware of them. I've watched the New England uh, Patriots and Tom Brady and these guys go against, the, go against the New York Giants when I used to live in New York, supported the New York Giants. And Tom Brady, as I was watching him, right, he was one of those players where I said to myself, I said, no matter how much time, even if you decide, you know, we're going to leave this guy 58 seconds. And he's going to be down by a score, by a touchdown. He was the only quarterback I felt that if you gave this guy 58 seconds to make a game-winning drive or a game-tying drive, he could pull it off. He could absolutely pull it off. And it took a miracle throw by Eli Manning. I forget who, who caught the ball. Was it Plaxico Burris? It was somebody, I forgot the player's name, to beat Tom Brady. Tom Brady is surgical in the clutch. He's surgical. Right. So to me, I always felt as if Tom Brady deserved all of the adulation uh, and the praise that he got. And it reminds me a little bit of when Shaq and Kobe broke up, because when Shaq and Kobe broke up, it now became it became an arms race to see who's going to win the first championship. Shaq ultimately ultimately went on to win that first championship in Miami the following season. And had he and had that been the final uh, uh, chapter that was written. It would have it would have gone down in NBA history that Kobe always needed Shaq to win, but then Kobe went on to win two more. And in the case of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, Brady went on to win an additional Super Bowl, and Belichick seems to be struggling. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. As you guys know. The NBA season pretty much begins this week, right? Players are already reporting. No, no, players have already reported to training camp. Uh, funny enough, I came across a YouTube video uh, probably a day or so ago. It was over the weekend. And it was a, a, a news channel in Los Angeles that covers the Clippers. And they were following the Clippers right now. They're preparing for training camp. And the Clippers are going to be having training camp, I believe, in, Oaha in, in Hawaii. Imagine, man. I mean, life is must be so hard, man. Your training camp is in Hawaii. And then I, I think they, they play their first preseason game, 
I think in Seattle or 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 Utah, one of those places. So I know I know they're started. I know other teams are ramping up, and I know that um, Media Day begins this week, right? Media Day begins this week. Kyrie Irving recently came out. He made some comments. So there's a lot of excitement, and things are starting to bubble up, right? So about let me say less than a week ago, a big trade happened between the Portland Trailblazers, the Phoenix Suns, and the Milwaukee Bucks. A trade that saw Damian Lillard. Uh, land with the Milwaukee Bucks. And when that trade came out, we did a live. All of us, you know, were talking about it, talking about it. All of us were excited about it. But the one thing that I think uh, shouldn't go amiss is the fact that that trade was very, very complicated. All right. It was a very, very complicated trade because it was a trade between three teams and it involved multiple picks and all of these different things. So this morning, I was actually doing some research on, um, on, on the internet. And I came across a video on uh, from ESPN featuring Bobby Marks, who was actually breaking down all of the mechanisms within that trade that I think a lot of you are going to find informative and is going to give a lot of context to some of the things that we're going to be saying later on in the show. So what I want you guys to do is take a quick listen to Bobby, Mar- Bobby Marks essentially explaining how, explaining how this trade works, and then we're going to come back and continue on with the show. Take a listen to that there. We thought all along Holiday was going to be traded. I thought it was potentially could have been... Um... Uh, Friday night, I had my note cards with me. I was out at my son's uh, high school football game. I thought he was going to go to Boston Friday night. Um, a little bit of a different package. I thought it could have been uh, more of a kind of Malcolm Brogdon and then let's just throw in all of our role players, whether it be Peyton Pritchard and Luke uh, Cornett, Blake Griffin in the signing trade, Jordan Walsh, and then certainly draft equity. Certainly a little bit of a different um you know they you know keep somewhat of their depth uh, in this trade. Boston does. Um, the uh, Celtics are a apron team. They had to come with 110 percent of Holiday's 36.8 million dollar uh, salary. You were looking right around 33.5 million dollars when you look at Malcolm Brogdon at 22.5 and Robert Williams at 11.6. That gets you within 110 percent. So it works from their end. From um, Portland's perspective, they had to come within 125% of Holiday's $36.8 million. Certainly, they did that by taking back less salary and creating a 2.7, I think it's $2.7 million um, trade exception in the deal here. Um, that's the cap semantics. You could kind of see it over my shoulder here as far as how that works. And we're going to go into the apron restrictions as far as Boston long term. Um, as far as, let's start with Portland here. So at the end of the day, Portland has turned Damian Lillard into DeAndre Ayton, um, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, Tumani Kamara, a 2024 Golden State pick that's top um, top five protected. Hold on a second here. I think it's top five. We'll go away. Fill my notes. I'm sorry. I should have had this up in front of me. My dog's probably hungry as can be. Uh, top four protected, excuse me. Top four protected first in 2024. It's top one protected in 2025. And then it's top, and then it's unprotected in 2026. So that is a real pick that Portland will get. Um, there's also a 2029 uh, unprotected first from Boston. Um, remember, they also got a um, uh, pick swaps in 28 and 30 from uh, Milwaukee. And then um, 2029 unprotected first. So that is a nice haul that the um, 
trailblazers were able to turn into Damian Lillard. And I think there's more coming because you look at it from Malcolm Brogdon's perspective. How does he fit with this roster? He's got two years left at $22.5 million. Can you flip him to a team like the Clippers, who we've heard has been mentioned? Um, do um, Does um, Marcus Morris and Filler and a second get you Malcolm Brogdon in um, in uh, in Los Angeles, and then certainly are you comfortable taking on that Brogdon um, second year here? Um, so that's the player to keep an eye on in um, in Portland. So you heard what Bobby Marks had to say. Now, at the time of that trade taking place, in the aftermath of that, we actually put up a poll um, on our channel, right? Because I like to get a sense of what our audience thinks um, on a range of things, but especially uh, when these trades go down, especially when it's a big, big move and we feel like it's something that could, um, you know, alter the way things play out in a particular conference. So we, we put up a poll on our channel where we essentially were gauging the temperature, what our audience thought um, about that trade uh, in terms of where do they feel that, where do they feel this trade uh, puts the the what is it the Milwaukee Bucks in terms of the pecking order uh, in the NBA and a lot of people after that trade went down um, a lot of people felt that the Milwaukee Bucks were the best team uh, in the Eastern Conference and the poll we put up uh, 20 hours ago was which team is the best team in the East right now and the majority of people uh, went for the Bucks but then something happened and I believe this was on uh, Sunday on Sunday we got another big breaking uh, piece of news which was that Drew Holiday, who was a former Milwaukee Buck who had been traded to Portland, had now been traded to the Boston Celtics. And people were messaging me, messaging me, did you see this trade? Did you see that trade? And I'm like, guys, it's my day off. We've gone for the, we've gone, we've, I mean, we produced content for the last two weeks. I just want to take one day off to just relax. So people were messaging me about it. Um, and I said to myself, we're definitely going to discuss it today, right? So that was a very, very, very big trade that we want to discuss here and get into the, um, you know, the, the all of the details of it. Now, in 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 terms of the Bucks, what they had in terms of losing Dre, uh, uh, Drew Holiday when he was there last season, the Milwaukee Bucks had the number one record in the Eastern Conference. They finished with a fifty-eight and twenty-four record. Uh, in terms of offensive rating, they were twelfth, though, right? But defensive rating, they were fourth. So the Milwaukee Bucks had a very stout defense. And they had exceptional all-world defenders in Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Chris Middleton is a pretty savvy defender as well. And then you have Brooke Lopez, who's one of the candidates for defensive player of the year, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who actually won the defensive player of the year. So we know that. So they traded away some defense by, getting, by bringing in Damian Lillard. They now buffed up their offense. So we all understood that. But some people were lamenting the fact that, oh, my God, you know, um, they're going to be losing – some of their defense in terms of, you know, for the point guard, guard position. So then the trade goes down and this trade now sends Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics, right? This trade sends Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics. And now a lot of people are now saying that, wait a minute, this trade could be the trade that pretty much sets these two teams apart in the Eastern Conference. Now, prior to this trade happening, uh, I already thought that Boston and the Milwaukee Bucks were going to be the two top seeds in the Eastern Conference anyway. 
I already thought that because if you look at Philadelphia, um, there there's always high expectations for Philly, but they always find a way to not make it work. Last year, Joel Embiid won the regular season MVP, and then he had some pretty pathetic comments uh, at the end of the season that really didn't sit uh, well with me. But in this trade, I just want to quickly touch on some things uh, that were said from ESPN here uh, via Adrian Wojnarowski. It essentially said the Celtics are sending Robert Williams the third and guard Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon in the deal they announced. A 2024 first-round pick via Golden State and a 2029 first-round pick uh, is also heading to the Blazers. The Portland Trail Blazers traded uh, all-star Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics. Now, the big news, the marquee name is Drew Holiday. But some people are saying that they feel like the Boston Celtics probably gave up some depth, especially from the center uh, from the center position. Now, if you know anything about Robert uh, Williams III, he is an exceptional. And I don't use this word lightly. He is an exceptional defensive player. An exceptional defensive player for his position. And I remember looking at some, uh, what is it, some data where they were measuring um, his impact on the Boston Celtics defense when he's on the team versus when he's off the team. And it's basically like night and day. He is by far their best defender and one of the best defenders in the NBA. He had some injury his, uh, issues before uh, last season. He only played, what, 35 games, if I'm not mistaken. He dealt with some injury, some injuries, but he's a fantastic player, so you lose him. And when you lose a guy like Robert Williams III and you now think of a potential matchup, for example, in the Eastern Conference Finals when they're going to be going up against the Milwaukee Bucks, for example, we're simulating this. We're not saying that's what the, what the outcome is actually going to be. Well, you have a guy like Giannis, you have a guy like Brooke Lopez. You don't really have any more rim protection where you have these kind of guys going at them, uh, you know, attacking that team. So you lose that depth. Um, it could hurt you. Now, some people say they did add some versatility with Chris Tapps, Borzingas, and it is an absolute fact that Chris Tapps, Borzingas is a, is, a, is, a, is a versatile player. They used to call him the unicorn at one point when he played for the Knicks. However, he's also had some injury histories, uh, some injury history. But to me, to me, as things stand right now, I think that these are the two teams, uh, the two best teams in the in the what is it in the, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they lost Marcus Smart, uh, you know Malcolm Brogdon didn't pan out the way the Celtics would have hoped uh, it would. I, I know this for a fact. So getting Drew Holiday, you get an experienced player, you get a champion. Uh, so he's going to bring some championship experience into that locker room, something that hopefully can rub off on players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, and these guys. So I think that Boston has something. But if I'm looking at these two teams, I would give the Milwaukee Bucks the slight edge. The slight edge. Now, uh, Milwaukee does have a new, what, a rookie head coach or a new head coach. We have to see how that turns out this year. But ever since um, the Emo Doka thing, it seems like a lot of teams have now been kind of trending towards getting new rookie head coaches to run their organization. You saw with Darvin Ham, you're seeing the situation here. So to me, I'm going to be very, very interested to see how this thing pans out. I think there's going to be um, a lot of drama in this particular NBA season. And I think these two teams are going to make it pretty interesting uh, all season long. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.